Today, we want to celebrate the 40th episode of our podcast, to recap what we've done so far in these 15 months spent together, what you like the most, why we love this podcast so much, and how it perfectly integrates in all that we do. We'll also talk about who we are, what we like, and what is going to happen soon in our lives. Join us for a little celebration. Before the new episode, I would love to thank you for the precious support. I'm really touched by your comments, humbled by your feedback, happy to know that this podcast brings some peace, inspiration, practical advice, and lightheartedness in your daily life during such difficult times. If you want to stay updated as not to miss a single episode, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to a podcast, and share cooking with an Italian accent with your friends. If you like this show and you're listening to this podcast on an Apple device, please consider rating and reviewing the show. How to do it? It is very simple and straightforward. Open the podcast app, click on our podcast, and scroll to the bottom of the podcast main page. There, you can rate and review the show. This will help us enormously to be more visible so that new people can discover us and share the same passion for Italian food. Last but not least, remember that you will find all the links to the recipes we mentioned today in the episode show notes. And don't forget to visit juleskitchen.com for new stories and recipes from Tuscany. And now, let's start! Ciao! My name is Giulia Scarpaleggia and I'm a Tuscan-born and bred country girl, a home cook, a food writer and a photographer. I teach Tuscan cooking classes in my house in the countryside and I've been sharing honest, reliable Italian recipes for 10 years now through my cookbooks and my blog, JulesKitchen.com. If you love everything about Italian food, big crowded tables and seasonal ingredients, join us and follow this podcast, Cooking with an Italian Accent. My name is Giulia Scarpaleggia and you are listening to Cooking with an Italian Accent, episode 40. Juice Kitchen, as a blog, was born on a cold night. It was February the 1st, 2009. At the beginning, it was just a way to channel my love for food into something personal, a way to do something for me, as at the time I didn't like my job. I had a four-year apprenticeship contract in an association whose aim was to promote the culture of extra virgin olive oil. I worked just a 20-minute drive from home, a 9-to-5 job, that left me plenty of time to invest in my dreams. Well, at the beginning, I didn't know those were my dreams. I thought it was just another transient passion. In two years, though, the dreams became projects, and when they decided not to renew my contract, I celebrated with some blogger friends who had joined me for the weekend from all over Europe. December the 15th, 2011, was my last day at work. That night, I had a book launch in Florence to celebrate my first cookbook, My Grandma's Recipes, a little book which is now out of print, but that made me understand what I was truly passionate about. So, 2012 was the year of change, when I could dedicate 100% of my time to Jules' Kitchen. I actually took it literally. I dived into this project with dedication. I wrote my second cookbook, worked for a magazine, and used every single moment of my time to learn, 
explore and experiment. I spent my holidays in London with dear friends to learn more about blogging, food photography and food writing. I probably spread myself too thin, but I was 31 years old, still living with my parents, this is very Italian, I know, no mortgage to pay, no boyfriend in sight. It was the right moment, it felt right, even though it came when the overall European economic situation was everything but encouraging. But I've always thought that a crisis opens new scenarios for those who dare to try. At the end of that year, I was exhausted. I desperately needed some social life. So when I received an invitation to join a pizza dinner in Florence with some people I knew from Twitter, I said yes. Driving to Florence that night, I saw a shooting star. I thought it could be a good sign, probably something exciting was about to happen. I forgot about the shooting star for a few months though. That night, I met Tommaso and we became friends. A few days later, I joined these new friends for my first holidays in the mountains as a grown-up to celebrate New Year's Eve together. To cut a long story short, the following summer, Tommaso and I became more than friends. He always says that he was impressed by my genuine love for food. One of the episodes he likes to tell is about the time when I invited him and a couple of other friends for dinner, when I prepared a hamburger, starting from ground meat. I talk about this in the second episode of this podcast, mentioning also how during the first months of our relationship, I was always feeding him for dinner with leftovers from my cooking classes. That's when my mom told me I'd better change the menu of my classes if I wanted to keep Tommaso as a boyfriend. Soon after we had become a couple, Tommaso began helping me with Jules' kitchen, as he was already working in a communication agency as a social media specialist. He was also an amateur photographer and a tech enthusiast. After less than two years, during the spring of 2015, we moved together here in the countryside, and we also started working officially together. If the blog originated from my enthusiasm for food, quickly followed by a newly born love for writing and photography, what is Jules Kitchen now is due to our cooperation, to our way of working together. Each of us brings his own perspective into the business, our own different personalities, our passion and talent. Take this podcast, for example. Even though I had been listening to podcasts for a few years, while I was walking on the treadmill at the gym or while I was testing recipes in the kitchen, it was Tommaso who convinced me to start working on one. It took him several months before I embraced the idea eventually giving in and admitting it was actually brilliant. This perfectly reflects our relationship. I'm always scared by novelties, as I like to define myself a bit old-fashioned. I'm still in love with the blog I started 11 years ago, still fascinated by the process of writing a long post, still convinced this is where our main and most important content should be. Even though Tommaso agrees on this aspect, he's also drawn by new medias, as he can see their potential for our business. Moreover, he sees my potential. He knows that I could be good at something well before I even start thinking about it. He knows I will eventually enjoy it. It usually takes him time to slowly dismantle my insecurities, the impostor syndrome, the fear of change, 
but brick by brick, it gets me there where I can see the same potential. I did the same with our online cooking classes, postponing the project for almost a year, until the lockdown came and we had to find a plan B. After a few videos, I had to admit it was actually fun and another efficient way to share our passion for food, to share those reliable recipes that are part of my cooking repertoire. This is what this podcast is about too. So now I'm going to share some of the highlights from the previous 39 episodes, the themes we mostly enjoyed working on, the most successful episodes, the guests we had, and the recipes we cooked together step by step. We talk about books, as cookbooks are one of my passions, or should I say addictions. In the 27th episode, I told you about my favorite Christmas cookbook, Nigel's Letters, The Christmas Chronicles. And in the 30th episode, about the one book every home cook or food enthusiast should have, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, by Samin Nosrat. The last episode, the 39th, is about the three books of Italian cooking you should consider having. If you enjoyed this episode, stay tuned because we will talk more about cookbooks soon. We had special episodes when I recorded conversations with friends about cooking, books and Tuscany. The most recent is the 37th episode with Regula Isevin about her book Out in the North with From the South and about the British baking traditions. In the 26th episode, we talked with Miriam Sabolla, a Milan-based communication strategist, a food coach and a king cook, about Milan and its food scene. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation we had in the 21st episode with Juliana Lopez May, an Argentinian chef and cooking instructor, a cocinera, as she defines herself, about the deep connection existing in between the Italian food culture and the Argentinian food culture. Judy Francini, my mentor for cooking classes and longtime friend, was the protagonist of the 10th episode. Luisa Cipolla, owner of the Agriturismo Il Rigo, told us everything about working and living in a farm in Val d'Orcia and growing flowers in the 16th episode. For the olive oil geeks, then, the 24th episode is a must, a conversation with Paolo Pruneti from Frantoio Pruneti, an olive oil mill in the Chianti region. My first guest was Tessa Kiros. The sixth episode is the recording of a live conversation we had in Florence last year, talking about books, inspiration, writing and food. Seasonality is one of the most recurrent themes in our podcast, as this is also my guiding light when it comes to cooking, developing recipes and shopping. We celebrated the citrus season in the 31st episode and the grape harvest season in the 20th episode. Three of the most appreciated episodes from last year are the 14th, eating during the summer heatwave, the 15th, fragments of summer and seasonal effortless cooking, and the 17th, preserving the season, summer, all about summer easy recipes and preserves. It is the perfect moment to listen to those episodes again if you are searching for some seasonal inspiration. Food memories and traditions are another important theme in this podcast. And from your feedback, something you really enjoy. One of the first episodes had to be about Tuscan bread. You can listen to my Ode to Stale Bread in the third episode. We explore the street food in Tuscany in the ninth episode and the typical Tuscan food markets in the fifth episode. 
if you want to travel to Tuscany with your imagination, igniting your senses and tickling your appetite, those are the episodes to listen to right now. Speaking about traditions and culture, don't miss the 23rd episode about the Tuscan pantry and the 25th about the Italian love for overcooked vegetables. In the 36th episode, we explore how to learn to cook, thanks to the tips of foodie friends and colleagues. There have been episodes when we cooked along. These have been some of the most satisfying episodes to record, because we were able to share the original sounds captured in the kitchen, and you told us you were instantly drawn in the kitchen to cook. We made together a zuppa inglese in the episode 13 and a ricotta crumb cake in the episode 19. While I was going through the past episodes to give you some of the highlights, I realized that there are so many new themes I'd love to tackle for you, so many people I'd love to have here as our guests to talk about their career, their cookbooks, their approach to food and life. Writing a podcast episode is very similar to writing a post for the blog, and indeed some exist at the same time as blog posts and episodes in this podcast. But the most successful episodes have something more. They are intimate, they begin a conversation, they bring us closer. This is what the best podcasts do. During this unprecedented time, when we were stuck in the countryside for the Italian lockdown, and in the following weeks, when I still felt no confident enough to go back to my previous life, I found solace in a few podcasts, like Radio Cherry Bomb, Motherfood by Alissa Timoshkina, Wild Words by Nicole Gulotta, and Keep Calm and Cook On by Giulia Tarsin, because they opened my mind. They kept me company during long walks along my favorite country lane. They inspired me and made me think. I hope our podcast was helpful and inspiring for you too, as this has been for me. So there's so much to do, to work on, to study, to discover and taste, and we are excited to do this together. It will be an exciting summer for us for many reasons, not for the holidays we had to cancel, and you'll soon discover why, but for what is awaiting for us in between a slice of crisp watermelon and a tomato salad. So now to the big news. In less than two months, we'll give birth to our first child, a baby girl, who will join our family of four, two human beings and two adored rescue dogs. In the past months, we kept it private to leave it in an intimate dimension. The lockdown definitely helped us in this as I barely exit the house except for doctor visits, blood tests and my daily walks in the countryside. We did miss the opportunity to share the news in person with family and friends. I miss the croissant and cappuccino at the cafe after my blood test or the pleasure of walking into a baby store and just dream about what she would look like with one of those tiny clothes. But on the other side, this downtime gave us time and space to fully live the pregnancy. I had lots of naps in the afternoon, we had long sleeping nights, we ate good food cooked from scratch on a daily basis with tons of fresh vegetables and fruit. We had time to think about our future, redefining our priorities, our business goals. We were not influenced by external imposed needs. I basically wore the same clothes up until the seventh month. When I was forced to buy a larger t-shirt, a loose dress and two pairs of pregnancy leggings. But that's it. We often wonder how this baby will change our lives. 
I had to be honest. I don't know. I'm scared and excited. Scared because our private life and business life are already coexisting in a fragile balance. Excited because whenever we are hit by a storm, we find new resources, a fearless inspiration to evolve. We'll have to wait till the very end of August to meet her. This means facing the hottest months of the sultry Italian summer with a never-expanding baby bump, swollen legs and short breath. For once, not having classes, which means not spending hours standing in the kitchen, looks like a blessing. This will leave room to more writing and podcasting, but also to planning her arrival into our lives, folding tiny clothes, painting a room, freezing nourishing food for the upcoming months and giving extra cuddles to our two dogs to prepare them for her too. This is the end of today's episode of our podcast, Cooking with an Italian Accent. How long have you been listening to our podcast? Do you have a favorite episode? Share it with us via email or on Instagram using the hashtag Cooking with an Italian Accent and tagging Jules Kitchen. If you have questions about Italian and Tuscan cooking, just email me at jules at juleskitchen.com or join our Facebook group, Cooking with Jules Kitchen. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to a podcast and share it with your friends too. You will find all the links to the recipes we mentioned today in this episode's show notes. And don't forget to visit juleskitchen.com for new stories and recipes from Tuscany. Ciao!